Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Welcome back to the Hebrew Congregation, episode 86. It's good to be in the house once again. We thank you all for uh, logging on. Uh, we thank you for uh, leaving notes and messages. Uh, leave your email address, share our episodes, the Hebrew Congregation of Houston. Okay, so uh, I'm Easter, and today we're going to do an Easter keeping it real, right? I know you all missed that, right? Last week we had our health is our wealth, and I'm having my line today because uh, Minister Mike and Dakota Lisa talked about the lime helps with the mucus out of your body. I was having this little brain freeze here and there, and it could be mucus in, in the, on the brain. You don't know where mucus can travel in your body. So I listened to them. So I have my lime inside of my tea today. I got my, my water, um, whatever the other elements you may have, just leave us a message and they can give you some um, information on holistic healing with different things, which is what plant-based uh, and getting it out of your food, okay? So I'm Easter, we're gonna do our Easter keeping it real today. So let me put this on me for a second. Okay, so my topic today is don't be a Pharisee. Don't be a Pharisee. What is she talking about here today? All right, so what is a Pharisee? So if you go into the dictionary, it's a member of an ancient Jewish section distinguished by strict observance of the traditional and written law. That tradition, see, we got to get away from that. And commonly held to have, what, uh, pretensions of superior sanctity, a self-righteous person, and a hypocrite. So that's what it says in the, in the dictionary about what a Pharisee is, okay? So I'll put it back on the gallery. So let's go to Matthew uh, 23, 13 through 15. So Matthew 23 in the Bible, 13 through 15, it says, but woe to you scribes and Pharisee, hypocrites. Ooh, now this is Yahshua talking because it's in red, right? Say hypocrites. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourself, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. He said, you're not going in and you're trying to stop other people from going in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisee hypocrites, he says again. For you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. Then 15 says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisee, you hypocrite. Ooh, for you travel land and sea to win one prophecy, and then he is one. You make him twice as much a son of hell as yourself. Wow. So you talk about the Pharisees back in the days, and those were traditional people. Those were what? Rabbis in different places. But we don't have a traditional rabbi. Why? Because if he was traditional, he wouldn't be on today because the day is the Sabbath day. And if he kept those traditions, he would say, I, I can't do this Easter on a Sabbath day. Also, he wouldn't even talk to me because we know the Pharisees, they wouldn't even talk what to Sumerian women or any type of women. So he didn't even know me and he took my phone call, okay? So even with me being a host, we know that if our rabbi was like, he was like, hey, that Easter, she's a woman. I, I can't have her talking before me as a host. So he's not keeping that tradition. We have to do away with tradition, that tradition, right? And that's the whole thing we're talking about. The US has put a tradition on us and we have got to get away from it. 
it has got to be about saving souls and mercy, right? So let's go on to this uh, about these Pharisees. What my topic is, is do not be a Pharisee. So Judas betrayed Yahshua for what? 30 pieces of silver. He's bargained with the chief priest, which is a Pharisee. The Pharisee demanded Yahshua be crucified. Uh, he, he demanded that he be crucified, right? And so he went to a governor, which is Roman governor, was his palate. So he was the one who, uh, they said that Yahshua was a threat against the temple. And so at every Passover feast, the Roman governor, he could choose what, a, a prisoner to let go. So he had what, Yahshua and Barnabas, he said, which one of y'all do you want to set free? So the Pharisees convinced the crowd to say, hey, we want to crucify Yahshua. So they let a murder and a killer go. Okay. So at the end, you know, Pilate, he knew it was wrong. He tried to get around it a little bit by sending them to Herod and came, sent them back to him. But he went ahead and he went through it. And later, Pilate, he did what? Commit suicide. And Judas committed suicide by hanging up. Cowardly acts. Cowardly people who wouldn't stand up against tradition. Don't be a Pharisee is my topic. So when we said, okay, Easter, well, I'm gonna give you seven examples when, uh, of today of not being a Pharisee. So the Pharisees were mad at Yahshua because he healed on the Sabbath day seven times in the Bible. Don't be a Pharisee any day of the week we go about and see about our sick and we pray for them, right? Any day of the week, it's the Sabbath day today and we're praying for you. We're praying that you get this. We're praying that you keep the Sabbath day holy, okay? And keeping it holy is not helping people and not healing people, not feeding people. Don't be a Pharisee. Number two, the Pharisees were upset because he touched someone with leprosy. Remember he touched that woman with, the, with leprosy at the well, okay? And so he touched her with uh, leprosy and the people were upset about that. Don't be a Pharisee. You can touch someone with leprosy or cancer or someone who's suffering, someone who's sick to lay hands on them. All right. And number three, uh, the Pharisees were mad at Yahshua because he was what? He was eating with sinners and the tax collectors. It was like, you sitting there eating with them? Who do you think you are that you can't sit and eat with someone? You sin, and if you say you don't sin, you're lying, okay? We all have sinned and fallen short. So don't be a Pharisee. Yahshua said, it's the people who need the physician that I need to be with, the sick people. The people who are healed don't need me. You call yourself healed. You call yourself knowing the Bible, knowing everything. You're not the one who need me. It's the sinners that need me. It's the sick people that need me. <laughs> And then they were mad at uh, yeah, they were mad at Yahshua. The Pharisees were because what they picked some grain on the Sabbath day. Because they picked some grain on the Sabbath day, he said, "Don't be a Pharisee. If a man is hungry, give him food. If he's hungry, give him. somebody say I'm hungry. What you gonna do? Say here, have a have a place to rest for 24 hours because it's a Sabbath day. That person is hungry. You need to feed them." So if that means going to the grocery store and getting some extra food, that's what you need to do, right? Don't be a Pharisee. Pharisees believe that a man should not talk to a woman who is a stranger. Yahshua asked a Samaritan woman for a drink. 
Can you imagine that Yahshua, the son, asking you for a drink and you missing that opportunity? Don't be a Pharisee because it says we know not when we're entertaining angels. You know not when you're entertaining angels. Someone asks you for a drink and you will turn them down. I dare you. Don't miss, don't miss it. Don't miss your blessing. Okay. Pharisees forbid it. What? Drinking of, of, of blood. They say, don't drink anything of blood. But see, Yahshua, I always say God has a sense of humor too. He said, what? He said, drink of my blood. That's what he said. Drink of my blood. So don't be a Pharisee. On the Sabbath day, whoever eats of my flesh and drink of my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. So that's not physically what drinking somebody's blood. We do the wine, or you can do your grape juice on your Sabbath day, and you have your crackers of the, represent his body. But I said he has he has a sense of humor. So he came back. Oh, you don't want to drink blood? Drink of my blood and eat of my flesh. Put them in their place, right? See, the Pharisees, they hated Yahshua to denounce authority, their authority. You know what? They keep these impossible uh, burden on an ordinary person. Yahshua, he, was, he even turned over a table. He even got upset. He turned over some tables, remember? So Yahshua cared for people. And he promoted justice and mercy. And that's what we're to do. We're to care about people. We promote justice and mercy. And that's why we're on here. Those are our people. Everybody in that Bible, in that tour, those are our people. You have mercy on them. Matthew 5 and 17 says, do not think that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to, to fulfill. He came to fulfill it. That's what Yahshua came. He came to fulfill it. That was his purpose. And he did fulfill it. Are you going to be one of those Pharisees? Don't be a Pharisee that, that, that crucified him, that said, uh, contradicted him that tried to tell him what to do, the word that was wrapped up and sent down here to us, that even let a killer and a murderer go. That was our people, we did that. We were those Pharisees, those were our people too. Stiff, stiff neck people, hating, wanting authority and power, not even following the rules themselves. Not, a, not admitting that they have faults, want to be in charge. Yahweh, he's in charge. He's the head of the head. He's the priest of the priest. He's the king of the king. And he's the lords of the Lord. And don't you ever get that messed up. Hey, hey, we thank you, Yahweh. Anybody have anything they want to say about Easter keeping it real? Kind of quiet, huh? It is quiet. <laughs> it, 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 uh, you know, let that marinate in your spirit. Am I, am, I being a, am I being a Pharisee? Am I being a hypocrite? He putting there in that, 
Matthew 23 so many times, am, am I being a hypocrite? And we all are hypocrites to a certain degree. All of us, either we are or we have been. And we have to work on us. We have to work on it. Yeah. And we can't sit there and, and tear down our brothers and sisters because they haven't gotten there yet. Mm. Stay in your lane. Build people up. Because you don't want to be that coward that's committing suicide, that's hanging himself because you didn't sold everybody out. That's not who you want to be. Yeah. So if we have to. Yeah. If you don't have any comments, we'll move on to our uh, parashah. Go ahead, Rabbi. Well, when we're talking about customs and, and uh, traditions, not all customs and traditions are bad. Um, there are some things that tie us together as a people that are customary, that we do customarily. For instance, on Friday nights, we have family outings or family, uh, the, the introducing the Shabbat. We have a Shabbat meal. That's a custom. We're not commanded to do that, but we do it because it brings the family together. Um, what, what, what happens is when you take something good like that and you demand people to do it, then, then that's where you're overstepping your boundaries. Also, there are, there are still traditions today that have been, or, or I should say commands today that have been taken out of context because of uh, many times because of, of uh, control, um, which, you know, we have to be able to use good judgment, which is why in every community, we are able to establish um, our minhagin, our customs or the things that we're going to do to that will unite us and help hold us together as a people. Um, so we have to be aware of some of those things. And, and we have to be also understand that when Yeshua came, he walked the earth, if you believe that he walked the earth, because there are some people that don't believe he was a person or they even lived. But for those that do believe that he lived, when it says that he completed the Torah or completed the, the law or the teachings, it means that he came and he came to show us how to observe and to live them. That's how he, I think saying complete, the translation of complete is, is incorrect. He said, I, should, I came to, to, you know, to um, observe or to live the Torah, to show you how to live the Torah. Um, what he did complete or what he did do was, again, there are some things in the prophecy that he did do, which means completed that part as far as I observed it, I performed it, you know, I did that. Um, so we have to be aware of that. But he did not come to take us away from the Torah or the teachings. Uh, people call it the law. You know? and again, when they say the law, it's not the law. It's actually the teachings. And we know that already. So, um, and we have to be aware of that because people take these things and they misuse them for their own purposes or gains. And we have to, the, the picture, there's a whole picture around or a whole story around it or teaching around the time of the first century that those that were, were ruling, the ruling party, the ruling bodies in the land of Israel had become so political or politicized and had been Romanized. And, and again, we know that during the time of the, of the dispersions that there was a king that sent another people in and they called them Samaritans. See, a lot of people don't know that the Samaritans were sent in when the 
when the first temple was destroyed and the Jews went up into Babylon, he sent in the, in the Persians, they sent in another people and, in, and the Levites had to come in and teach them so that when Yeshua and, and that generation came, they were already mixed in with other people and were actually had appointed their own priests, which became rabbis. And they again began to distort the Torah or the teachings. So we have to be understand. So when Yeshua came, he had to tell them, you're not the people. You're here in the place, but you, you know, I understand who your real father is because you are distorting and changing the Torah. And that does not excuse those that were Jews or from the tribe of Judah that were there, that were also protected. But for the most part, the tribe of Judah and Benjamin that were there were not participants in that and were actually uh, most of the time uh, in in uh, adversity against the Samaritans, which is why Yeshua had they had an issue with the Samaritan uh, that was uh, there at the time. So there's a lot of history that is documented of what was going on at that time and why he actually had to say that I came for the lost children of Israel because he had to tell, he knew, you know, our people were already scattered. So there's a lot of history in this teaching and, and it, it would take too much time to to really go, and we we hit on it from time to time when we're doing our our history moments and things. Mm -hmm. We hit on it. So you have to, you can't come in at the middle of the story or the end of the story. We want you to stay stay tuned because we're going to drop some nuggets on you that are really going to open your eyes. We preferably they're going to open your eyes. Knowledge is is open now. Okay, it's open. Thank you. And so. Um... I just wanted to just get into that and um, just a, a, awaken us is that that Deuteronomy 28, that that's us, that's our curse. And um, we've done our time, we've done our 400 years, and that's why we're speaking of, about how we should move forward. And that's what the Hebrew congregation is about. How are we going to move forward? And that's what to teach our people. You need to keep the Sabbath day holy. What is that? That's having your communion with your family. Starting on Friday, I know Saturday is when uh, my husband and I, we, we have our communion, or you can have it sad, a Friday night. I know my son has their Friday night, but it's about family. At the end of the day, it's about being with your family and teaching them who they are. Um, and so that's one of the things we want to observe. And our, and our feast days, the festival days, we need to observe them. And so with tradition in the United States, they have not taught us that, okay? And so we're going to go ahead and get into our parashah. And our parashah was what, Exodus 38 to 40. And as I was reading our, our parashah, I was looking at how um, a lot of it is how the tabernacle was built. And a lot of that gold came from our people. And so you wonder why we like fine linen, why we like gold, because we had it all. That was, we were wealthy. And so we like shiny things. It's in our blood. We like fine linen. It talks about the fine linen. It talks about the gold and how our people gave it and melted it to make the tabernacles, right? And so uh, that's why we kings and, and queens and priests and all of us, that's who we are. That's where we come from. It's in our DNA. That's why we like the nice houses and we like all the nice cars and we like the finer things. We like the finer food. The United States gave us that, that, that pig, the scraps, the what they call the chitlins and the hog mogs because that was the scraps we had to eat when they brought us over here in slavery. But we didn't come up on that. We came with the finest, not the crumbs under the table like dogs. We came with the finest, the top. 
And that's what we're accustomed to. And that's why it's in our blood and we're never gonna get away from it because that's who we are. And if you read it, what, what they were making, the, the tabernacles and all the stuff that they had, the signets and all, they, we had it and we're gonna get it back because it belongs to us, okay? And so um, Purim is coming up March 16th and 17th. That's the book of Esther. And we can see how people join in. They join in the Hebrews. They join in with the Jews because they wanted to be us. They still want to be us. And so we're scattered. We're scattered. And you can join in. And how do you join in? Rabbi tells you. By observing our feast days, by keeping the Sabbath day holy. And so... Um, He's going to go ahead. Thank you, Rabbi Afshalom, uh, who diligently comes on every week, him and his beautiful wife. We thank you, uh, our great rabbi, and we ask that you go ahead and you have the screen. Right. Well, shalom, everyone. We're, we're here again for another Shabbat uh, sharing of the word, okay? And, and it is a discussion. It's intended to be in a, a discussion. Um, this parashah and the Haftorah portion for this week um, are instrumental to us in certain aspects of our daily living, but they reveal some things to us about the, the construction of the, the Mishkan and, and the people that were anointed to do the work that the father in fact gave them that they already had wisdom, they were already intelligent people but he gave them a little more to go with it, okay? And how they had actually seen things in the spiritual realm and, and uh, began to, to do the construction and the building. Then it goes into, from there, into the priestly garments, the things that are worn. And we don't want to get into the symbolism of that because, again, those are things that would take a lot of time. And we break those down in our advanced classes when we, you know, as we get to those portions. Then I want to go to, you know, it talks about the Aaron, his sons, and how they were uh, anointed into and entered into their, their priesthood. And, and, uh, and then it goes into from after all these, notice that there is a method, a methodology of the construction and, and preparing the children of Israel for the work that they're, uh, they're going to be anointed to do as a nation of people. But in chapter 40 of the book of Exodus, which is, um, uh, if you have your, your Bibles with you, in that chapter 40 of Exodus, verse 34, is what I want to look at. And then when I look at this chapter 40, once we see this, then we're going to move into the Haftorah person, where Slomo Hamalek, King Solomon, has constructed the tabernacle, and we see a rep, a, 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 again the glory, the Shekinah, the, the the glory of the Father just filling the tabernacle. And so this is letting us know that what has been will be. He is showing us that what whatever we see happening today has already taken place. He gives us a foundation it gives us something to look back to see if this is in line with what the word has said before and we say this over and over again i repeat this over and over again 
because you need to understand and to know these things. We're trying to break you out of, break us all out of the conditioning that has come upon us. Now, before I do that, before I start reading this Exodus chapter 40, verse 34, I want to remind you of something that I was taught back in my military days. We were, uh, behavior modification. And this is a, an, an old story, a, an old teaching, and it's and it still relevant today. It's, a, it's psychology. And it reaches down in your, um, back into your psych, all the way down to your genetic. I call it psychogenetics. Psychogenetics is what I call it. And here's, here's, the, here's this analogy. It's that the scientists had a fish tank. Again, I'm not trying to give you anything new. This is old. This has already been taught. It's been taught for years for people that get into psychology. So the scientists, this group of people had a fish tank, a square fish tank, uh, a rectangular, I should say a rectangular fish tank. And in it, he had all these fish in there and they would feed these fish their favorite food as they, they feed them daily. And they did this from the time that they were small fish and it grew. And then there came a time when they put a glass shield between separating the fish. And they began to put their favorite food on the opposite side of this partition that the other fish could see. And they could see their favorite food over there. And in the beginning, they would run to get their food and they'd hit that glass and bounce off. So the first time they said, oh my goodness, then they tried it again. And it, from time, and after a while, after experiencing this, they, they, they would put their favorite food on that side and they would run to the glass, but they would stop. And they wouldn't try to get to the food because they knew that there was a barrier there keeping them from their food. And they said, it's hopeless. We can't get to the food. So after a while, they would keep putting them in there and and they would keep, they would go up, they wouldn't even pay attention to the, to the partition anymore. They just stayed in their lane. So now the scientists remove the partition and they put their favorite food in there with the fish. And they looked at it and they just began to swim around their favorite food, never touching it. They wouldn't even touch it. Their favorite food was in there. They could eat it if they wanted to. There was nothing holding them back. But those fish, wind up dying because they would not eat the food that was there because they felt like they had been conditioned to believe that it wasn't for them. They could not have that food. Even though it was there, it was in their grass. It was, they were swimming, they were touching them, but they would not eat them. I, re, I, I when I heard that in my, in that class, and it was a military class, a military teaching, it would, we were teaching contemporary problems. And, and I went on to be a teacher at the University of, of, of um, Maryland in, in Europe for a while, while I was in the military. And I, I would teach that class, but it, it's showing that people can be conditioned to not want to excel if they've been deprived of that all of their lives. Mm -hmm. So much so that when it's there for them, the wealth is there, they just won't go after it. That's how we are in our heritage, in our Torah. It's our Torah. It's available to us today. It's in our hands. The knowledge, the information, all the information is out. 
the partition has been removed. Uh -huh. But people still reject it and still make excuses for why they want to remain in the conditioned state. That's, and I, 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 I understand it, you know, because I, I, I was taught why people, why people are like that. And, we, and this, this is the African-American in this country that I know of. We have been so conditioned generation after generation to disbelieve in who we are and, and what we can achieve as one people. Uh-huh. And everything we need is at our disposal, but we reject it. So when you're reading the Torah, when you're studying the Torah, pray, pray that your uh, that your eyes are open. Pray that your ears are open and pray that your mouth is filled with the that you can bless the Father for giving you this wonderful information and revealing who you are. We have so many, we have, well, we have instances in the scripture where it talks about how the Messiah look, have gold, I mean, hair, of, uh, hair like lamb's wool and, and burnt brass. And you can see that so wonderfully. And we fight with that and say, this is who, you know, he looks like us. But then you read the scripture and it explains to you, it tells you who you are as a people and you still will not accept it because you are, we are people that are visual. We it have to be something visual that you can actually tangible that you can see. But when it's written there in a spiritual sense to show you things, we still reject it and we have to overcome that. And the only way we're going to overcome that is by submitting to the word, accepting that the word is true and that our father has not changed and will not change, cannot change. And begin to see what it says and, and, and let him let him through his spirit peel back the layers of conditioning that we have been under for so many years, all of our lives. So now let's look at this. The glory of the Lord. This is Exodus chapter 40, verse 34. It says, then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Listen how, he's explain, how this is explained and it gives you a, 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 a glimpse of it. It gives you a picture of what's going on. He does that to try to capture your imagination so that you can actually be there when you're reading the scripture. He says, and Moshe was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode therein and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You know, we talk about it. I will, you know, in the churches, how, oh, did you feel the spirit? Did you, you know, here it is. It didn't just begin after the temple was destroyed the second time. This was already going on beforehand. This is letting you know, this is nothing new. As a matter of fact, it's a part of why we are in the country that the nations that we are today, because our forefathers were there and experienced these things and still rejected understand that. He says, and when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went, went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not until the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and the fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel through all their journeys. You know, last week, the week before last, I talked about in the book of, of Ezra's, 
um, and, and, and that I have in, in the Sefer, talks about how the father was angry with the children of Israel and how he had chosen another people to, to take their place because, let me read that for you. Let me read something for you. He says, this is from uh, Ezra. Um, if you have a Sefer, it's for Ezra. First chapter, I'm gonna read this, but some of you didn't get this. I'm gonna read it for you. It says, what shall I, this is a first chapter, verse 24. What shall I do unto you, O Jacob? You, O Judah, would not obey me. I would turn me to, a, to other nations. See, this is what Yeshua is dealing with in his time, the other nations. He says, and unto those will I give my name. This is where you get, and they were called Jews in that day during the time of Yeshua, and they're called Jews today. They're chosen by God. Why? Because we disobeyed, and that's why we're here. Okay, he says, again, what shall I do unto you, O Jacob, you, O Judah? And you would not obey me. I will turn me to other nations. Unto those will I give my name that they may keep my statutes, seeing you have forsaken me. This is why we're here. This is what Yeshua was dealing with in his time, if you can receive that, if you believe that, you see. Um, he says, down in verse 35, first chapter. For your houses will I give to a people that shall come which have not heard of me yet uh, shall believe me to whom I have shown no signs. Now, we, I just read to you in, in, in the book of Exodus where they saw, the, they experienced the glory. You see, they had already, you know, the, the Red Sea, had already, the Sea of Reeds had already been, been uh, divided, uh -huh. right? If you believe that story. There are some that don't believe that story actually happened. But if you uh -huh. believe that, you see, so that means our forefathers saw it. These people saw it and still revealed. Uh -huh. Again, uh -huh. as Cody uh, used to say it, stiff-necked people. Uh -huh. See, he says, he um, says, who shall believe me to whom I have shown no signs, yet they shall do that I have commanded them. So I'm on that, you see. So that's why we're where we are. And that's why we're struggling so hard uh -huh. every week to try to, try to get to get you to understand. Come back. Uh -huh. Come back. Don't don't fight against it. Okay. Don't fight it. Now let's go up, let's go forward to first king in the Haftorah portion, chapter seven. Now, what I'm gonna really, I said chapter seven, but I'm really gonna focus on chapter eight. Okay. Chapter eight. And and I want to read that. So if you would go with me to chapter eight. Well, let me see here. Uh, chapter eight, okay. verse 10. I'm going to go to chapter eight, verse 10. Am I frozen? No, you're not. Okay. I was just thinking about how, can you imagine seeing the Red Sea parted, seeing the cloud in, in, in by day and in, in the fire by night and still acting up? Mm -hmm. Having yeah. manna, being fed. And still, I, I don't get it, but I mean, that, that's like you said, that's why we are where we are right now. Yeah, that, and that's, you know, that's a part of it. So in First Kings chapter eight, now, you know, if you want some history about those, those um, uh, other people in Yeshua's time, you have to go over to Second um, Kings and, and go to chapter 17. But for right now, we're looking at First Kings, Chapter eight and 10, it says, and it came to pass 
when the priests were come out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. So what is this showing us again? We should be experiencing this today, right? And we do, I think, in some places. Uh -huh. But it's not new. Again, we're seeing what has been having taken place again. And guess what? It's going to happen again. When Messiah comes, it's going to happen again. Just like it happened then, you see. So, and so he gives us, again, the tabernacle, and now we're looking at the, the temple, right? Where King Solomon has been anointed. He is the king and has built that temple as promised, right? As he'd been instructed by the, he was given the, the dimensions and he did that, okay? So now it says in verse 22 of chapter eight, it says, Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord. Now, now um, I, I went down here, I left and came down here because this chapter eight, again, this is beyond the Haftorah portion. Haftorah portion stopped at, 20, at uh, 21. So I'm at 22 because this pertains to us today, I believe. And this is one of those things that we miss when we do not look at the Old Testament and we listen to those rohim or these shepherds that tell us you don't need it. What they're doing is they're putting the petition up there so that you won't go after the food that is your favorite food and you're believing them and you're not going through that. So when they remove, the, when somebody comes and removes that, that partition, you still won't take it. You'll, in fact, you will fight with all your might to not do it. We call that Stockholm syndrome uh -huh. because you started defending saying, we don't need it. They told us we don't need it. They told us we don't need it because Yeshua came because he died for us. We don't need it. We don't need it. That's that petition that you can't look beyond. He is there. His anointing is there for you. Your inheritance is there for you, but you're rejecting it because of foolishness of men that don't want you to. And they don't know that they're operating from the other side most of the time. They don't know it. But it is not their issue when you're being shown it in the Torah and you still reject it. it. The responsibility falls on you because he said, I have not rejected you, but you have rejected me. It is mm -hmm. you that have rejected yourself. So when you reject, the, you fail to, or you just refuse to, stiff neck, stiff, stiff neck, refuse to go back for your inheritance, that's all on you. That's all on you. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm not going to try to, I'm not here to convince you not to. I'm just here to give you the information. If you want to remain you where you are, then, then I can't, you know, that's your choice. But if you want to learn more, I'm saying go back and, and do go back and study the scripture and begin to live the scripture. As Yeshua said, I came to fulfill. I came to do the Torah, not to destroy it. I came to do the Torah, to show you how to live the Torah, not to destroy it, to show you how to live in justice and mercy and all, walk humbly before our Father. That's what it's about. So watch this, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 22, 
And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. And, 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 and he said, Lord God of Israel, there's no God like thee in heaven above on earth beneath who keep the covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart. Are you doing that? Are you keeping the covenant? Do you know that there is a covenant that you to walk by? Do you know that the example that we have in, in coming back to the, the covenant or coming to the covenant is Abraham Avino, a blessed memory, how he walked away from his father who was a, an idol builder and he walked away from his father. His father refused to follow his father's teaching. That is Abrahamic faith. He began to believe the teachings of the Torah, which were passed on to him from Shem, which Shem received, again, all the way back to Adam, Rishon, the first Adam. This Torah did not come at the parting of the Red Sea. It was already in the earth, but you won't know that until you study the manuscripts that are there for you. The partition has been removed. Will you, will you take hold of the food, this manna? He fed the Israelites, the children of Israel with manna. That manna is the Torah. Just like Yeshua said, take of my flesh and my blood, drink my blood, eat my flesh. This Torah is the manna from heaven. That's what the Torah represents, the manna from heaven. And if you don't want to eat it, that's your, your affair. It's here. There are many teachers whether it be a Jew or an Israelite, right? Or a Hebrew Israelite, are gonna to come to you and should be coming to you with the Torah. Uh -huh. It's laws, it's statutes, and it's principles. That's what we're gonna teach you. And notice, and I, and notice I, I love the Jews, Israelites, and the Hebrew Israelites all together as one people. Because there should be no schism between us in our groups, in our community. And I pray, and I, for the most part, I know that the Israelites, you see, we, as the Israelites, Hebrew, we we don't, you know, we we try. Now, don't get me wrong, we do have factions that have issues with people that because they don't look like you. We have to deal with that. We have to overcome that, right? Because we are one people, all of us. Whether you say you're a Jew, an Israelite, or a Hebrew Israelite, we're supposed to be one people operating under the same teaching. That should be one law, one teaching, one teaching for all of us. And we have to get over this foolishness. I say it over again. So now let's go down again. Let me go some more. I'm, I'm only hitting a few scriptures for you because I want you to go and I want you to read this chapter eight. Read the entire chapter eight of First Kings. Read it. That is a prayer for you today. Mm -hmm. If you understand it, it says, um, Verse, I'm going to go down to verse 29. May your eyes be open day and night toward this house, toward the place of which you have said, my name shall abide there. May you heed the prayers which your servant will offer toward this place. That's why we turn east. We turn toward Israel. If you're on the other side, you have to turn west toward Israel, but we face Israel. Uh -huh. All right. You face Israel. That's why we do that. He says, it says, you heed the prayer which your servants will offer toward this place, okay? And when you hear the supplication which your servant and your people Israel offer toward this place, give heed in your heavenly abode 
and give heed and pardon. All right. I'm, 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 I'm saying I'm reading just parts of it because it, it pertains to you. So go back and read this chapter in its entirety. Now I'm going to read something else. It says, verse 33, should your people Israel be routed by an enemy because they have sinned against you. That's us, our forefathers. We did, and we were routed. That's why we're here, okay? And then turn back to you and acknowledge your name. You won't know how to acknowledge his name if you don't know the Old Testament. And they offer prayer and supplication to you in this house, oh, here in heaven, and pardon the sin of your people Israel and restore them to the land that you gave to their fathers. Notice that it didn't say anything about any sacrifices. For all of you who say that the Jews are under, that they don't have forgiveness of sin because they don't accept the sacrifice of, of Jesus, read what it says here. It's always been, he says, again, should your people Israel routed by an enemy because they have sinned against you and then turn back to you and acknowledge your name, and they offer prayer and supplication to you in this house, oh, here in heaven, and pardon the sin of your people Israel, and restore them to the land that you gave to their fathers. Okay? The next verse, should the heavens be shut up and there be no rain because they have sinned against you, and they that then they pray toward this place, again, emphasizing, find out where Israel is and turn toward Israel because you're facing, is as if you're facing the throne, okay? Pray toward this place and acknowledge your name and repent of their sins again. And when you answer them, oh, hear in heaven and pardon the sin of your servants, your people Israel, after you've shown them, after you have shown them the proper way in which they are to walk and send down rain upon the land which you gave to your people as their heritage. Mm -hmm. Listen, this is not Rab Absalom. This is out of your Torah. This is your heritage and your inheritance. Don't reject it. Don't let anybody turn you away from what is yours. Okay? Listen to this. I'm going to read down. Verse 38, um, I got to go to 37 on that. So, so too, if there is a famine in the land, if there's a pestilence, blight, mildew, locusts, or caterpillars, or if an enemy oppressed them in any of the settlements of the land, in any plague, in, in any disease, in any prayer or supplication offered by any person among all your people, each of them who knows his own affliction, there's no man that has not sinned. This is all this is. This is the, that's why I tell you, you need to come and learn this stuff. He says, when he spread his hand, his palm toward this house, in other words, facing Israel or facing Jerusalem, oh, hear your in your heavenly abode and pardon and take action. Render to each man according to his ways, as you know his heart to be. For you alone know the hearts of all men. This stuff, you know, this is this is gold. This is this is you. This is your inheritance. You can pray those prayers, you know, every day. This is this is you know all this foolishness that we've been taught. 
that you know that you gotta the, uh, the blood sacrifice. That is not what it's about. It's about your repentance. It's your heart. Do you acknowledge the name? You don't even know the name. Half of them don't even know the name. You see, again, verse forty-four. When your people take the field against their enemy, by whatever way you send them, and and they pray to to the Lord, and pray to the Lord in the direction of the city which you have chosen, and to the house which I have built to your name, oh, in here in heaven, uh, their prayer and supplication, and uphold their cause. All this is for you. Okay, listen at this, verse forty-seven, and then. They take into heart the land. Uh, they then they take it to heart in the land. Uh oh, I got to go back. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm going back to 46. Mm -hmm. When they sin against you, for there is no man who does not sin. Mm -hmm. All right, and you are angry with them and deliver them to the enemy, and their captors carry them away. Carry them off to the enemy and enemy land near or far. Talking to you. Mm -hmm. face to face face to face because we're here we're not in israel mm -hmm. see? and then they take it to heart in the land to which they have been carried off that's you in this land where you've been carried off if you take it to heart what are you talking about he's talking about the torah okay the manna from high he says and they repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captors listen at that that's in your bible first kings chapter eight saying we have sinned we have acted perversely. We have acted wickedly. And they turned back to you with their heart and soul in the land of the enemy who have carried them off. And they pray to you in the direction of their land, mm. which you gave to their fathers of the city, which you have chosen and of the house, which I have built to your name. Oh, give heed in your heavenly abode to the prayer and supplication upon their cause and pardon your people who have sinned against you for all that transgressions that they have committed against you. Grant them mercy in the sight of their captors that they may be merciful to them. For they are your very own people that you freed from Egypt, from the midst of the iron furnace. May your eyes open, uh, be open to the supplication of your servant and the supplication of Peter Israel. You know, if you if you if you if that doesn't open your mind and your spirit and your and your soul to to want to come back, I don't know what else to do for you. You know, I don't I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, it's there. It's for you. Uh -huh. It's for. It's for. It's for you. You know, we we we've studied and we we've shown you where the children of Israel were scattered and they went into Africa. We we've shown all this. We've given these teachings last week. You know, it's on. It's a we we. Uh, a Kodista, she she recorded and put it on on a, a Facebook. And you, uh, you can go back and 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 read and and listen to it. Uh -huh. It's all background. It's telling you who you are. We're we, we're showing you the wool hair and the and the and the and the brass burnt feet. We're showing it to you, but we're showing it to you as a group of people, as a people, as a whole, not just one individual.
but as a whole people. We've taught you through the scripture and we read it for you to you in the scripture where it says, Israel is my firstborn son, even my first, even my begotten son. It says it. So it's telling you who you are as a people. So he talks about individuals and he talks about people. This, this parashah, it stops short. The Haftorah portion stops short in showing you this part of it, you see? But because of, 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 of the, 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 the cry out from the heart and the desire for you to know who you are and whose you are, more importantly, these, I, I, I'm, I'm showing, I'm reading these things to you because the spirit leads me to show you these things. Uh-huh. Because we're trying to remove that, the, to let you know the petition has been removed while you're in the land of your captors. Remember who you are. See, it's there. It's there. Now, some of the, again, uh, some of the things that we do, we put together the, the Sudurim. We didn't do it. Ezra did it in his court. Your forefather, your sages put it together. So you know, and we teach, you turn toward, we turn toward Israel, we turn toward Jerusalem, wherever we are, and we make our supplications. You see, people say, well, that's a custom. It's not a custom. If it is a custom, if it is a tradition, it's a good one. Because uh-huh. it teaches us unification, it teaches us to obey what it says in the Torah. It's and in and, and first king, it's telling you, turn toward the place, turn toward the city, turn toward the land, repent. With supplication, that's when you're laying down on your face and you're praying, you know, you get down as his talk away, by the way, it means that you lay down flat on the ground. When y'all call it slaying in the spirit, it's called his talk away. It's a, it's a way that we pray every day during the meal offering, which is uh, doing the second prayer we have called, and everybody doesn't do it. We call it the, the time when you actually, if you've done the, the Shemini when you stood and did the standing prayer, the 18 benedictions, 18 prayers, you, you, there's a portion at the end where you get down and you actually make your heartfelt prayers. Uh-huh. That's called Shachway. That's that part of the prayer where you do it. And then you come up. But we're all facing Jerusalem as a people. Both Jews, Israelite, Hebrew, Israelite. We're all doing that. We're doing that as a people. We all have our distant, different or different customs that we do. In our congregation, but in the end, when you open up that sedur, that prayer book that we have, that, that prayer book, West African Jews prayer book, you see, have other prayer books from other places, but they all, if you look at, they all have the the Shema, standing mm-hmm. prayer. You know, they have it; it's there. You have the songs, the the last five songs in the Book of Psalms, one one forty five to one fifty. We all do that. We all do that. As a people, we do that because Ezra and his court set that up so that we could be unified as a people. So some of the customs that we do are good and it reminds us who we are as a people. Now, the, the, the Jews have it because he gave it to them. He chose them to do that. They are our librarians, our gatekeepers. They're the ones that have preserved the Torah and then codified it in different ways for us. You see, for a while, there was a petition there where they, we, we couldn't study. And as a matter of fact, our enemy made it punishable by death if we learn to read. Because once you learn to read, you learn to read the Torah, then you find out who you are and nobody can stop you. So the petition was put there to keep you from knowing who you are. 
But in these days, in this, after the 2,000 years, the petition was made. See, in two, in two days, I will revive you. That's going on now. The two days are now. He removed the petition from us. So now all these treasures, all this manna from heaven is available to the children of Israel and to the stranger who would attach themselves to the Torah, even to them. See, are they able with the same one teaching do these things? This is a wonderful teaching for you. And I pray that you get it. I pray that you get it. You see, because it's for you. It's for you. It's for us. It's for me. It's for you. It's for you. And it's not meant, and, and, and it's such a wonderful treasure for you. You know, it's laid out for you. It's laid out for you, for each of us. So my, my appeal to you is to accept the Torah and its teaching. Don't fight against it. Accept it. Submit to the teachings of the Torah. Because in it, if you're looking for a Messiah, Messiah is revealed in the scripture. See, in the Torah, all through the scripture. And I'm not here to turn you away from Messiah who you believe in Messiah. I'm not here for that. That's not my affair. That's between you and the Father. Okay? My whole objective is to get you to understand and to remember who you are and who you are while you're in the land of the captivity, in the diaspora. That's my desire. I have no other agenda. Mm -hmm. I don't need your money. See, I don't, I don't need anything from you. But I will give you what I have. And that's not silver or gold, but it is the word. It is that manna from on high that I will give to you as long as the Lord will, will, will help me and by the, the, the power of his spirit, reveal to me what you need for such a time as this. Somebody needed this today. Mm -hmm. Somebody needed this word today. And it is here for you today. I don't, in the hearing of ears, don't reject it. Because it's for you. Right. So, uh, Easter, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. We've just finished uh, the book of um, Exodus. Right, our, our new parasha. Yeah, we have a new parasha coming up. Leviticus okay. 1 through 5 up to verse 26. Mm -hmm. Chapters 1 through 5 up to, up to yeah. verse 26. Okay, and what we say at the end of every uh, chapter, uh, not after every chapter, but after, after we finish up a book, mm -hmm. at the end of the book we say, Chazak, Chazak, Udnu Chazak. Okay, it says, it says, be strong, be strong, and may we be strengthened. Be strong, be strong, and may we be strengthened. Okay? Chazak, chazak, unta chazak. All right. Amen. Start. Turn it over to you again. Thank you so much, Rabbi Aslan, for your teaching. Um, like you said, he's not trying to take anything from you. He's giving it to you. He's giving you what he has in word. That's what we're giving you. We're giving you the information that we have, we're giving you the word, we give you the secular stuff, which is the Easter keeping it real, we give you the health as the wealth, and then we give you the, the, the manna, which is the word of God. The rabbi delivers that to you. We got a lot of, of craziness going on in the world today, and you got to know who you are. We are peculiar people. We are set aside. 
You got even over in Ukraine and they won't even let the black people out. They're just, they're, they're experiencing discrimination where they can't even get out. They're at the border and they're saying, you black, you can't get up out of here, which means you left to die. Are we not seeing it? I mean, are you not waking up? Has your life not changed? We see them in the media talking about our black beauty queens are jumping to their death off buildings. That's allegedly. Now, if you believe that, I don't believe that. I, I just don't believe that they would destroy their body, something that they build up and they're dying the same way all of a sudden. I'm sorry, Easter keeping it real. It's all around us. We have people dying. They've taken the number off the, the TV now with these plagues that are here saying it's gone and we know it's not gone. We know it's going to get worse. We know the famine is coming. We see it all right now. The world is just shaking up. It's just shaking. We got Jeff uh, Bezos over there who's owner of uh, Amazon talking about he gonna cheat death. Are you not seeing this craziness that's going on? Come on now. Which means you're gonna be set an example. You're gonna die. You have to die. He only gave us 120 years. You can't cheat death. Are you crazy? This foolishness that's going on in the world. But we're taking the time every Saturday to deliver the truth, the word of God, and who you are. And you better know who you are. Because they come to destroy you and strip you of everything that you know and everything that you are. Why? Because they know your identity. They know their time is up. They only got a couple years left. It's going to get worse and then it's going to be handed off to us. What are you going to do? Keep your Sabbath day holy. Repent. Face ease. Teach your children. We've been saying that every week. We'll, we'll say it to her blue in the face. We'll say it till we die. Because that's all we have to offer. We don't ask you all for nothing. We don't ask for money. We don't do any of that. God is using us in the way he has ordained us to be used. We thank you, Lord, for every soul that's on here. We thank you for the rabbi. We thank you for every square that's filled. He said that that that, that glory that cloud that was in the tabernacles. We thank you for it being in our home. We know it's in the church. We know it's in the synagogue. We know it's in our place of worship, but it fills my home. Sometimes I just walk around here and I shout, and I thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. You're a mighty God. You have filled every atmosphere of the world. You are exposing the devil right now. You are bringing your generation up. You have taken the blinders off us. Where are those fish now that can eat? We're eating our food. We're getting our work. We're going back to the Torah. We thank you, Lord, for exposing the truth, for the truth will set you free. We thank you for our festival days, Purim coming up, that we will celebrate and that we will read the book of Esther and we will break bread with our brothers and sisters. We thank you for the Passover that's coming. For you know that Yahshua, our Lord Jesus Christ, he celebrated the Passover. He kept his feast days and we are going to too. You're a mighty God, Yahweh. You're an on time God. You're a loving God. 
We thank you for setting us free. We thank you that, that we're not under that curse anymore, that our minds are, cannot hear and our eyes are not open. We thank you. We thank you for taking that off. We thank you that these traditions that the United States, we have broken them. That we will teach the next generation on what to do and how to live and who they are. We thank you for revealing that these are our people and this is our history. We don't have to get it from the schools. This is our history right here. This is my DNA. We thank you for the up and coming generation that's gonna lead us out. We thank you for the Moseses and the Elijahs and the, and the priests, Aaron's son. They're all coming. They won't have the same name, but they'll have the same spirit. We thank you for the miracles that are gonna take place that people will be healed right on the spot. Cause he says, greater we gonna do works are the ones who haven't seen them and we believe that's us. We will move mountains. We thank you that we're going back home and we're gonna take our land. We, we bless the ones who have kept it, the gatekeepers who have kept it for us, but it's time for them to give it up. We thank you, Lord, for your healing and your love and your mercy and your prophets and your rabbis and all your people. We thank you to put your spirit upon them to teach us and to lead us and guide us for we are nothing but in everything you, we, you love us and you are our father and you hear our cry. And as we cry out to you in the wilderness where we are, you hear us. And as Yahshua sit on the right hand and he's advocating, he's praying for us because he wants us all to rejoice and be with him. We thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to serve you in another day. As long as we have breath in our life, we have another day and an opportunity to get it right. Yahweh, we give it all to you. You're the highest of the king, high, you're the king of the king, you're the Lord of the Lord, you're the priest of the priest, you are the food on our table. We worship you, Yahweh, and we love you. In Yahshua name, amen. Anybody have anything they want to say or any announcement they had before we uh, get off? I have one more thing I'd like to, to add. Uh, during this time, uh, when you read that that chapter eight in First Kings, mm -hmm. it's going to make a reference to a descendant of David always being upon the throne. And today you may be wondering, well, what, how will we know that there is someone from the throne of David out of Ethiopia, the king? Well, the descendant of David is in this country, lives in Washington, D.C., the family of descendants, male descendants, through Solomon, lives in this country. Oh. And people, you don't hear about him, but he married an African-American woman, right? Uh, uh, I don't know if they have any children yet, but he is a, a, a direct descendant. Now, pe people want to say, well, that's a legend, that's Ethiopian. That's right, it's Ethiopian. That's why people reject it just like they reject Messiah, right? Uh -huh. Just like they re refuse to admit that 
children of Israel came out of Egypt. See, so people are going to always dismiss or reject the Messiah or the children of Israel or a child of the king. But that does not negate the fact that it is a fact. A descendant of King David is on the earth today. All right. And I've seen him. I've seen his pictures. They have the sites where you can contact him. He has books out, children's books and things out, right there in Washington, D.C. And you want to look up that everybody's talking about the Third World War, but Rabbi has told you this is the fourth, that they, they try to count the history of the first. And we need to look that up for ourselves. We, we don't make these things up. Look it up for yourself. So you can't change history. You can't erase history. There's always an ending. There's always a trace back to it. But we have to educate ourselves on these different things. Okay. Anybody else want to say anything before we, we get off? We thank you for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you next Saturday. Uh, we, we said that our, uh, our new parishals, Leviticus, uh, Leviticus 1 through 5, up to verse 26. Um, we ask that you read it to stay on one accord. Uh, continue to keep the Sabbath day holy. Continue to face east and pray. Continue to repent and just eat off the word of God. Uh, we ask that you share our episode. Leave your email address. You can come on. Uh, we love to have you. Leave some comments, and we'll see you next Saturday. We love you, and may the Lord continue to bless you. Shalom. Shalom.